Protecting our people protects our mission. That's the SAPM theme. What is SAPM? Sexual Assault Awareness and Prevention Month. If every month of the year had an assigned color, October would be orange, December may be red and green, April would be teal. And for good reason. I'm Master Sergeant Andy Sinclair, and this is the Maniac Radio Show. I want to point out too, by the way, this is the 50th standard episode that we've done. At this point, we have over 33 hours of interviews and stories we've highlighted through this podcast, sharing the Maniac story with both our internal and external audiences. It's pretty cool. It's also fitting that this episode covers an extremely important topic, sexual assault. You're going to hear from Bobby Joe Rogers, the Wing Sark, Colonel Ian Gillis, the Vice Wing Commander of the 101st, and Chief Nudorowski, the Wing Command Chief. The four of us are going to sit down and talk about the importance behind SAPM and what it means for our uniformed members. Protecting our people protects our mission. Okay, let's turn our attention to our guests. Gentlemen, ma'am, thank you for being here. Colonel, the mic is yours. All right. Well, uh, Colonel Gillis here, your uh, vice wing commander, and I just want to kick off Sexual Assault Awareness and Prevention Month. Um, I belong to the Maniac family here for more than three decades. Uh, in fact, uh, 33 years this month, uh, I've been in uniform, um, all here at the Main Air Guard. Um, and I truly believe that we are a family out here. And simply put, sexual assault has no place in my family. Sexual assault has no place in our Maniac family. Um, it's important for us to realize that sexual assault uh, is a problem that still exists. Uh, we all need to recognize the warning signs and be ready to intervene. Um, and again, I say that sexual assault has no place in our Maniac family. When sexual assault occurs, it hurts our Maniac family and diminishes our ability uh, to accomplish the mission. Sexual assault awareness and, if necessary, prevention is therefore a force multiplier that helps protect our Maniac family and keeps our airmen focused on the mission. Uh, so I hope that everyone takes time this month to reflect on sexual assault and helps us keep it out of our maniac family. With that, uh, you know, I, I turn it over to the rest of the group and we can, we can talk about it. Thank you, sir. Chief? Uh, good morning. Thank you very much, Colonel. Well said. And uh, welcome to spring and the first day of April and to Sexual Assault Awareness Month. Uh, this marks the 20th year since the first recognized Sexual Assault Awareness Month, also known in the DOD as Sexual Assault Awareness and Prevention Month. And I wanted to take a few minutes to recognize this important program uh, because sexual assault is a crime that can happen to anyone, and our goal in this program is to prevent it so there's no need to respond. And this year, the National Guard Bureau has adopted the BRAVE campaign. And as I review the content of the program, this caught my eye because it encapsulates the message I want to convey so well. And because BRAVE is an acronym, of course, we're all in the military, so there's acronyms everywhere. And it stands for be resilient, aware, vigilant, and engaged. And to be resilient, they want to make sure that you take care of yourself and take care of folks around you so that they have the strength to report anything and you have the strength to, to, to help folks out. Um, they want you to be aware, to know the resources that are available for victims like our SARC, Bobby Joe Rogers and her team, and know what to say to support a victim, such as it's not, it wasn't your fault, you know, how can I help you, and definitely are you safe right now? And they want us to be vigilant, recognize the signs of high-risk situations like inappropriate jokes, you know, excessive flirting or unsolicited touching. 
and intervene safely. You know, you can distract, you can, you know, ask people to go, hey, go check that or something like that. That, that works. And my favorite one is be engaged. And, and they have a, a little meaning here. Engaged leaders promote healthy command climate. And I agree with that 100%. But I also think that the more you're engaged with your folks and your team that are around you and your family, or our maniac family, as the colonel put it, um, the more you're aware of any subtle changes or nuances in somebody's behavior, whether they notice something that they're worried about or maybe they're a victim themselves. So um, I just wanted to close by saying uh, to ensure that that we're aware that this is um, Awareness of Prevention Month is a mindset carried on through the, the year, not just this month. So thank you very much. Bobby, good morning. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Um, happy, happy April Fool's Day. That's uh, <laughs> an odd day to be doing an odd uh, podcast. But um, yeah, I, I think that um, we've talked in the past before about uh, not just April, that we need to be aware of these things through the entire year. And I really appreciate you laying out the campaign that NGB has put forth th for us. Um, oftentimes, it, what an awareness month does, regardless of what we're trying to bring awareness to, is it gives you a month of reflection, a month of events, educational events, uh, sometimes some fun athletic events and those sorts of things, and just gives people a chance to um, congregate, communicate, and, and talk about what this problem is and how... Um, how are we going to battle it? So just real quick, the National Guard Bureau's SAPR vision, eradicating sexual violence and sustaining a command climate that promotes professionalism and supports mission readiness across the National Guard. And with that brave campaign, that's one of the things that we're going to really talk about. Um, you'll see events coming through projecting for the year out that we're going to do based on that campaign. So maybe some resi resiliency events in May and some vigilance events in July, whatever that looks like, but all based on that brave campaign. Um, and I really want to touch on the mission readiness piece of things um, with sexual assault and how it affects our mission readiness. This year's annual training is really going to focus on that. Uh, and that's one of the things that I'm really appreciating about our curriculum this year is that it really talks um, about that mission readiness piece. And, and that's something that I don't think that we think about, right? We talk about the fact that sexual assault is a crime. We talk about the fact that um, our SAPR program is here to support survivors, but we don't talk too often about how that affects mission readiness. Uh, and I have some really great um, quick exercises that I'll do with command teams throughout the year to, to, to just kind of give an example and give a visual example of just how that really does affect our mission readiness. Um, so yeah, so... Do you want to hear about some of our events that we've got planned, some of the, the well, bigger ones, or did you want to? Well, you mentioned the various events that are coming up. Um, can you tell us what those are going to be? Sure. Um, we've got some that we're working with community partners on and some that we're doing just right here within the wing. Um, one of the ones, one of the um, events that I'm super excited about is on Sunday of April Drill. The Junior Enlisted Council, who seemed to be pretty charged up, um, came to me and said, hey, how can we help the SAPR program and what can we do to get involved? And so uh, for April Drill, I'm going to sit with them for about an hour and I have these really neat keychains that we make. So I'm going to teach them how to make keychains while we talk about the SAPR program and how they can help. And we've got a couple of different ideas that we've been kind of bouncing off from each other about an ambassador program. Um, which ultimately will be based on resiliency, not just sexual assault prevention, but violence prevention in general. So that'll integrate what the CAT does, which is the community action team, Tracy Souza, Brian Fordia, all of us. And so the Junior Enlisted Council is fired up. They're ready to work with us. 
And then that same afternoon, we'll do the same type of a situation, but it will be with a student flight. So I'll have an hour with the student flight to talk about what the SAPR program is. They do have a, a required brief before they go to basic training, so this will kind of cover down on that piece of things. But it'll be a more informal, ask me questions. You've seen stuff in the news, you know, what concerns you about being in the Air Force, if anything, and let's talk about that and how we prevent that. So I'm really excited about that. Um, in the past, Andy, you and I have talked about the fact that people don't recognize or, or realize that um, family members can even utilize the SAPR services. Mm -hmm. um, they have to fall within a certain age range and, and certain criteria, but our services are available for family members. So we're scheduling two or three teams meetings, virtual events, where family members can jump on and learn about the program. It'll be about 20 minutes of a presentation to teach them about the program, and then I'll be there to answer any questions that anybody might have. And so that's a, a good way to get out to our family members. So there'll be one on drill weekend and then a couple spread out through the month um, during the week. And then one of our big ones um, that we have coming in from the community, we're doing two virtual showings of Gridshock. Gridshock is a documentary about sex trafficking in Iowa. And some people might say, hey, why are we doing sex trafficking in April? That was January's awareness. Um, but I think it's important to bring, bring that to light. Um, it, it is about Iowa, but the reality is the overall message is about sex trafficking in rural America and just how easy it is. And people tend to, and, and this is generalizing, but as a, as a general rule, people have this vision that they go to when they think of sex trafficking, right? They, they go to Liam Neeson and that movie Taken, right? It, it's all about they took some, you know, attractive human being off from the streets and took him to a foreign country. And yes, that is, that is trafficking. Um, but the bigger picture is that, that it happens within families, it happens within communities, and it is as simple as one person telling another person in their family, whether that's you know their extended family or their immediate family, hey, this is what you're going to do, and you're going to do it when I say to do it. Uh, and that, that's a real issue. And so recognizing that in our own maniac wing, we may very well work with people who have encountered this in their life and may still be struggling with it, may still be um, having to deal with that when they go home from drill. And so just to bring some awareness to... The reality uh, and so that movie that documentary will be a 55 minute documentary with a panel afterwards there'll be three folks on the panel um, as community providers and there will also be one main resident who is a survivor of sex trafficking in Maine wow so those are some of the bigger ones we have other events uh, we'll put a calendar out in the next day or two on our different platforms so people can see all the stuff that's happening this month in Maine um, but those are some of the, the bigger ones that I'm really excited about. Can, can I ask a quick question? And this is more directed toward you two gentlemen. This, this kind of ties back to the Junior Enlisted Council. Um, given the positions that you two are in, how does it make you feel knowing that the council is being so proactive in Bobby's program? Because uh, I, I don't know, I think as a young airman, I was really all that interested in this program, nor did I really know what it was or what purpose it served. Um, so it seems pretty cool that these young troops are taking the initiative to get involved, um, you know, with it. Well, I think uh, the fact that uh, that it is so uh, embedded in our nature, in our culture, um, you know, I, I look back and over the years we've had a, a great safety culture out here, and that's been noted by many inspection teams that come through. Um, and because of that, we have a few safety incidences. 
Um, so here I'm, I'm kind of excited about the fact that the SAPR program is, is getting that kind of traction. And if we can make it part of our, um, part of our ethos, part of just what we do day to day, the awareness goes up. Um, and the um, and hopefully the need for prevention goes away just because you know it, it's it's unacceptable in our ranks. Um, so the the fact that uh, you know Bobby Joe is is got such a, a, a great program going this month, um, and that our junior enlisted council um, from the bottom up pushing uh, this this message, um, I think it's a great thing. And uh, you know I'd like to kind of hit on the the mission readiness piece. Um, you know, when, when we're in combat, uh, the, the enemy seeks to injure um, other, other people in our ranks because they know that that just doesn't take one person out. It takes multiple people out. Uh, so, you know, in the same way, when we have a sexual assault, um, we want to take care of our people. That's an injury that we need to, to help them with. Um, and that takes lots of people. Um, and that takes them away from the mission um, and makes it that much tougher on the rest of us. So, you know, in that way, um, you know, one assault has a great impact on the organization um, and our mission readiness and our, our ability to accomplish a mission. So as a command team, we recognize that. And I'll tell you, I'm excited about the amount of discussion and, and uh, energy we have behind the program. I'd agree. And, and, and what I wanted to d- kind of jump on with the colonel is that, number one, I think it's great that the program is, is going to be recognized beyond April with the programs that you have and the events that are going to take place. I think that's huge um, because we need to, it, it needs to be a mindset and needs to be a, a culture change that it, it's going to happen and be ingrained sooner or later and hope or hopefully sooner than later. And with the junior enlisted and then with you going down and giving the briefing to the student flight and having them have that knowledge right away, right out of the gate is going to make it that much more easy to do. And, and become that way. And, and what I'd like to do is, is uh, kind of challenge the other councils to kind of get on board with that. I mean, because it is, you know, no doubt, the uh, junior enlisted is the council right now. They're making things happen. Not that the others aren't, but uh, they really jump on anything that they can do to make it better out here for everybody. And Casey Heichel recently came in talking about your upcoming event together, Bobby, and she mentioned the keychain that you are going to be put, putting together and that she's putting together a card to hand out uh, at the meeting with links and QR codes to the various pages for resource material. Um, but what I found interesting is that she's staying late from her normal nine to five job to knock this out. And 15 years ago, if you would have told me that, I would have thought to myself, that's, uh, that's weird. <laughs> uh, so this program must be pretty important, right? It's, it's awesome. I remember being on the Junior Enlisted Council a lot of years ago, and and like you said, that's not what we were discussing. Um, we were discussing, you know, where senior airmen could sit in the DFAC and what we were going to get served when we had our AT that week. That that was our big concern back then. So big, huge change, yeah. Yeah, I think the first word I think of when I think of those guys is uh, is motivation. They are they are hard charging. They're definitely making themselves known. I remember Dan Moore asking John why Andy doesn't get involved with the Junior Enlisted Council. And I said, I have no desire to get together to play dodgeball <laughs> to see how far they've come. It's, uh, it's insane. Anyway, getting back, is there anything the two of you would like to add before we close? Um, well, I'd like to thank Bobby Joe and the team for, for putting together um, a program, her, her dedication to the program, and um, not just Sapper, but resiliency and our airmen, our families, and, and our team out here 
uh, is huge. So thank you for that, Bobby Joe. Um, and uh, looking forward to a great month. And I, I know there's going to be more. Um, we'll, uh, we'll revisit this as a command team throughout the month. So uh, you'll, you'll probably be hearing from us again. Chief. Agreed, sir. Thank you. And, and that, that it's a great message. And, and just to kind of reiterate again that it's something that needs to be a mindset out here and go beyond just the month of April and uh, carry that on. And again, Bobby Joe's got a great team over there. I, I kind of have to recognize that I was pretty pleased to see several men on there. And because I did, you know, from my time, you never saw that. You know, we were talking about going back in time a little bit, Andy, and, and you are 100% right. The mindset wasn't there, especially unfortunately for men. And so now to see that come around that way is, is huge to me. So I like that. And if I could add to that, Chief, we actually have two more up and coming uh, Master Sergeant Daniel Pendergast down at Spangs. Um, he got his credentialing deployed. So we're working on his appointment to the team. And uh, Calvin Libby from maintenance also went through the 40 hour course in January and his credentialing package will be submitted for the April board. So he'll be on the team again. So two more two more men and we can always use good advocates so if anybody's interested by all means reach out and i I'll, I'll be sure to put those names in the description of this podcast um well i appreciate it gentlemen and we'll do this again thanks a lot thank you yeah. thank, thank you, you colonel thanks chief we will be back and by we i mean myself and bobby joe rogers Okay, and we're back. So uh, another shout out to Colonel Gillis and to Chief Nudorowski for taking the time out of their busy schedules to come in and talk to us about SAPM and why it's important for the wing. Uh, so Bobby, Joe, and I are still here. But welcome back, Bobby. Thank you. Uh, and I just I have a couple more questions. And at the end of this um, this second segment, we're gonna we're gonna read a message from the Adjutant General in regards to SAPM. Uh, and, and with it being April and all. So uh, so I, have, I, I do have a question, something that we talked about earlier when the two gentlemen were here uh, in regards to the acronym BRAVE. And I, I guess it kind of ties into what we were talking about. about. But my, one thing that popped in my mind is in regards to extreme conditions or circumstances, uh, let's say like in a, in a deployed environment, um, when everybody's kind of pushed to their limits, uh, the mission set might be a little bit different than it is at home station. Uh, is this program, is your program as important, if not more important in a, in a deployed location? And is it being preached and, and, uh, taught, is it being made aware in a deployed environment and how is that being implemented the awareness that's actually a really good question thanks um yeah so what i'd like people to kind of recognize is that whether it's um sexual assault awareness or suicide awareness um or even just uh weapon awareness right there's certain things that you got to be careful when you're carrying a weapon is it loaded is it not loaded where is it pointed Do, are you even supposed to have it on you at that moment um did you leave it in in your your uh, connex while you went to take a shower like there's all these things that you need to be aware of and sexual assault is is definitely one of those <clears throat> we do have deployed sarks uh and then we have vo volunteer victim advocates in all of the branches this isn't just an air force thing um, and so we do have these positions overseas but we don't have the same resources that we have here stateside um part of that probably the biggest part of that is um they're, they're extreme locations, right? They're austere locations. And you can only 
house so much for resources. Uh, another part of that might even be culture, right? Different cultures, um, not just specific to countries, but within each country, the different cultures, they look at this differently. And they may not be at the same place that we are in terms of awareness. So where are their resources? Or maybe they view assault differently um, in that sort of thing. And so I really like that question because it kind of hits home the fact that it might seem more prevalent in a deployed location. And I don't have exact numbers with me right now, so I can't give you that yes, no answer for that. Um, but it really drives home that reason for the awareness, right? That's the A in that brave campaign that we're, that we're going to be launching. Um, being aware of your surroundings, being aware of what's going on, being vigilant, the V in the brave campaign, right? Being aware, being vigilant, being willing to step in, um, for many years, we talked to the intervene, and then we, you know, with the, the Green Dot program, we talked the 3Ds, finding a way to intervene, working with whatever your barriers are to intervene. In a deployed location where our resources are going to be limited, um, we really have to rely on each other to protect each other, right? And that's what we do when we, we deploy. We, ha we rely on our wingman or our battle buddy or our best friend, whatever, however you refer to your, your other airmen. We rely on them to protect our back. You got your six, right? Um, and that's for everything. And it becomes so much more important when we are deployed. Oftentimes, um, a deployed SARC could be covering down on four or five different countries, right? So some of the, the forward bases or the smaller um, detachments, if you will, they may not have a SARC or a victim advocate on post. Right, and so your resources where know where your resources are because it might not be at your base. Uh, I actually have a friend who has been a deployed SARC. She deployed for two years as a SARC with the Army. She was supposed to be there for one year, uh, and then her replacement had some medical issues, and she had to stay for another year. And she's actually getting ready to leave next week to go for another year. This will be her third year as a deployed Army SARC. Good lord! And yeah, and I listened to some of the stories that she has shared. Um, experiences, you know, in an educational environment type of a thing. And she often has talked about the fact that you know she had to cover down on, you know, three or four or five different countries and or you know three or four or five different bases. And so recognizing that you may not have those resources, you may not have a Bobby Joe Rogers or. Um, a Kartika right at every single base, right? And knowing how to help your friends when they come to you and say, hey, something happened and I need some help. So it seems weird to me that that's not, that you, there isn't a SARC assigned to each individual FOB or, or, or deployed location. I'm sure the bigger bases like LUD or, you know, um, you know, Camp Lemonnier in Africa or Bagram, I'm sure they probably do have SARCs because they have thousands of people that are yes. there. So moving forward with this program here over the over the next month, with April being um, SAPM, uh, what you briefly mentioned, we talked a little bit about the events. Colonel Gillis talked about readiness and why it's important, uh, and you guys talked about the Junior Enlisted Council and the event you're doing with them. But that's that's pretty cool. Uh, what what are some other events or things that that, that uh, the wing or our members have to look forward to? So we have um, 
on top of that, we'll be putting out a calendar that's got some of the community events. Um, our local to Penobscot and Piscataquis County uh, Rape Response Services, one of the local organizations that we work with, they're doing um, Teal Talk Thursdays. Teal Talk. So, yeah, <laughs> Teal Talk Thursday. So if, for those of you who don't know, Teal is our, our representative color for the SAPR program. Um, so they're doing Teal Talk Thursdays, and um, it'll be every Thursday in April. They'll have a different subject that they're going to to be discussing. And if I can find my notes here real quick, I can tell you. Uh, and I think I grabbed the wrong flyer. They'll, it'll be different stuff like ask an av- advocate. You can ask questions. Um, I know that they have one week where they're going to have the sexual assault nurse examiner uh, as part of their panel for Teal Talk. And so you'd be able to ask and an- have questions answered about forensic exams and what that looks like. Um, sometimes these events are geared a little more towards advocates, but not always. And so I encourage everybody to go join. You know, If you're interested in what that topic for that week might be, jump on that Facebook Live or that Teams Meet, whatever it might be. If you're not interested 10 minutes in, you can always drop off. It's not a big deal. Um, We also have another one of our organizations that is doing, um, it looks like mostly Wednesdays, but they do have one Monday, and that's Sexual Assault Services of Southern Maine. And they're doing a few different um, virtual type events. Um, They're doing an Ask an Advocate. They're doing uh, an open conversation. which their their description of it is to join them for discussion about navigating sex, sexuality, and sexual health during a pandemic, which I think is huge, hmm. right? Um, yeah. we've, we've had to f- pivot a lot of our services all the way around for everybody involved, right? So that's a big one. Yeah. They're doing a bagel bites or bagel, make a bagel and ask questions. Bagels and boundaries, I think it's called. And so, and then on the 25th, uh, there's a 10th annual one in five 5k um, that you can do virtually as well um, and so we might throw out some local hashtags out there if you any of you participate that you can post some photos and, and use your hashtags so that we can see them not just uh, for our own for our own purpose and use but to show our local communities that we support them as well so oh, that's cool yeah that's good it's good to show, to show the community as well that this is a big deal and that especially with everything in the news you know that to show that we're we're doing what we can um, to make thing you know to raise that awareness. There is one more if I could just jump in real yeah, quick that yeah. I totally forgot. No, so we've ahead. talked in the past about the Department of Defense Safe Helpline, mm-hmm. um, which provides anonymous support through telephone calls. Um, they also have the the website. And in the past, I think the last um, podcast that we did together. I talked about the anonymous chat room that they do. And Kartika Wright, the JFHQ Sark, and I had gotten our training done so that we could moderate that. What we'd like to do and what we have planned, uh, one on drill weekend and then a couple of others throughout the month during the day and some evening ones, is to do an anonymous trial run. So they will not be support groups um, in the traditional form. We will not be discussing assaults. We will not be discussing assault issues. What we're doing is setting up the chat room for people to jump on and test its actual anonymity. Hmm. So people will be able to jump in, see that they're assigned, you know, these random screen names from the system, and they'll even get to test out the moderators, right? Like, so, so let's say you jump on Andy, and you try to put a message in there that says, hey, my name is Andy Sinclair, and on April 15th, five years ago, this happened to me, you'll get to see that that message comes through me first as the moderator. And what will happen is I'll send that message back to you and say, hey, you've got some identifying information here. Could you rephrase that so that we can maintain um, anonymity? And then we'll let that message go through. 
Uh, I'm not a fan of being cussed at, but somebody, if, you know, somebody wants to put a trial out there, you know, in that, that trial run and say, hey, Bobby Joe, blankety, 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 blank. See if it goes through. Yeah. Or, hey, moderator, blankety, blankety, blank. They're yeah. going to see that, you know, that's going to come to me and I'm going to be able to deny that based on vulgarity and they'll see why their post was denied. Hmm. Um, so we want to offer that out to folks before we actually start doing the online support groups um, to help people. We all have stories about, hey, I don't want to do this survey because I don't believe it's really anonymous or I don't want to do that chat room because I don't believe this. And so we just want to give people a chance to test that out. So that's another one that I think Hmm. people will find interesting. No, that's cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, Huh. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I feel like it's one of those things that we probably should have had a long time ago. But it's just one of those, like, oh, yeah, that, that would have been great. You know, that would have, how do we not think of this before or whatever? Yeah. But yeah. that's cool. Um, you know, before we wrap this up, is there anything that you'd like to add? Um, I'd just like to add that uh, we have a really great wing out here. Um, I have conversations with people of all ages, all ranks, male and female. And it seems to me in the conversations that the majority of what we have here is a very supportive, um, very caring group of of people. Um, We also have a group of people who want to help and they just don't always know how to help. So if you're listening to this and you're one of those people that is saying, hey, I really want to help my friend. I just don't know how to help. I don't know what to say to him. I don't know what to say to her. reach out to me. Let's have that conversation. It's so easy for me to, to sit and chat with you and find out what you're having a tough time with in terms of helping or what you feel like you don't know how to say. And we can, we can do that. Um, and, and that support is going to start with you individually before likely before it ever makes it to me. Um, so don't, don't be afraid to reach out. And, uh, as chief Nidorowski said, challenging the other councils because the junior enlisted council really has stepped up their game um, and uh, happy to do do a keychain event with any of the rest of you. And I, I think we've got a message that you want to read from the adjutant general. Yes, on, absolutely. Thank on you. Sapham. So I'm going to shut up now and let you talk. Memorandum for Maine National Guard service members dated 1 April 2021. Subject, Maine National Guard Sexual Assault Awareness and Prevention Month. Please join me in recognizing sexual assault awareness and prevention during the month of April. People are our greatest strength and most important resource. Sexual assault is a crime that can break the essential bond of trust among service members, degrade mission accomplishment, and affect readiness by causing great harm to the victim survivor and their unit's ability to work effectively. Sexual assault is not consistent with our values and has no place in our organization. Sexual Assault Awareness and Prevention Month provides us a specific time of year to highlight this serious issue, but we can all do our part year-round to raise awareness and decrease prevalence. Protecting our people protects our mission. Statistics show that sexual assaults are still widely unreported. It takes strength and courage to report a sexual assault. It takes leadership and caring to set aside any biases or assumptions to ensure a victim survivor of sexual assault receives assistance and support immediately. It takes responsibility to say something if you see something that is not consistent with our values. The manner in which a victim survivor is treated can drive the success of their healing process. I ask every service member, civilian employee, and family member to listen, care, and intervene to prevent and respond to sexual assault every day of the year. 
If a member confides in you, do not question the validity of the allegations. Instead, ensure the person's safety and refer the matter to trained personnel. Immediately contact the Maine National Guard Joint Force Headquarters Sexual Assault Response Coordinator or the Maine Air National Guard Wing SARC. Other trained personnel are available to provide confidential assistance and support, including victim advocates, psychological health providers, chaplains, and special victims counsel. I am personally and deeply committed to eliminating all forms of sexual violence from our ranks and maintain a climate that does not tolerate, condone, or ignore any form of sexual violence. I have confidence our leaders will properly address any form of reprisal or retaliation to ensure all Maine National Guard members are treated with dignity and respect. Contact the Maine National Guard JFHQ SARC at 207-430-5824 in the office or 207-620-6335 on the mobile phone. Contact the Maine Air National Guard Wing SARC at 207-404-7008 in the office or 207-631-5189 on the mobile cell phone. To reach the 24-7 Department of Defense Safe Helpline, call 877-995-5247 or text 55-247. Douglas A. Farnham, Major General, Maine National Guard, the Adjutant General. Well, there you have it from the Adjutant General for the State of Maine. So if, uh, if, if you didn't think it was important before, you definitely know it is now. <laughs> That's Thanks, cool. Amy. No, I appreciate it. I appreciate everything you do, and I appreciate uh, setting up this interview. And, uh, and we, uh, we, 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 I'm sure I speak for everyone. I say thank you for, for doing an awesome job. So is there anything else you got to add? Uh, I think we've covered a lot of things today. We've given them lots to think about and, and listen to. Cool. Well, until next time, because we, we probably will do this again. So thanks. Thank thanks a lot. Thanks again, Bobby Joe, Colonel Gillis, and Chief Nudorowski for sitting down together, six feet apart, of course, and highlighting Sapum. It's an extremely important topic that has an entire month dedicated to its pertinent relevance. But as they said before, teal is an important color year round. A quick safety plug before we wrap things up. In a lot of places, the ice is out. Ice fishing is over. Keep that in mind at all times. Thank you. Safety plug over. (laughs) Happy drill. Happy spring. Be sure to check out our Facebook and Instagram pages by searching 101STARW. And be sure to check out the Maine Air National Guard recruiting social media pages by searching, you guessed it, Maine Air National Guard recruiting. Share their pages with their friends and family. All that good stuff. And one last thing before I go. The Maniac Radio Show is now on Spotify one of the world's largest podcast platforms. And the maniacs are there. So whether you're driving in your car or dropping into Verdance with your headphones on, Spotify is available on countless devices. And so too is the Maniac Radio Show. Share that info to share the info you heard in this episode's interviews. Spread the word. Thanks. Hey, don't forget to take care of each other. Okay, so long. Mm -hmm.